It's Real Talk with Raylene Chalinor, foster care and adoption. Hello and welcome back to another Real Talk. I am your host, Raylene Chaloner, and this is Real Talk with real people about foster care and adoption. And for those of you who got to hear last week's interview with my sweet friend, Adriana Hayes, she's back for round two. We're just going to talk a little bit more about her fostering journey. Last week, she blessed us with her story, how she has learned more about the Lord through some of the physical challenges that she has but also said yes to fostering. And I hope that was encouraging to those of you who got to hear that. If you did not get to hear it, please just Google Real Talk Prescott and then follow link after link to get to radio interviews so you can catch up on that. But without further ado, I want to introduce Adriana Hayes again and say, welcome back, friend. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Yeah. So last time we were together, we talked specifically just about you walking through life with spina bifida and Mm -hmm. all that that encompasses. And then with all of those challenges, you and your sweet little family decided to say yes to opening your home and your heart to a sibling group at the moment. You have two little girls. Mm -hmm. And and I, I know the story behind this case, and I just wondered if it might be encouraging in a random weird way. Um, (laughs) Some of our listeners uh, who might be experiencing uh, similar court issues Mm -hmm. in our 10 years of fostering, I never experienced nor did I come across any other cases like yours. I'm wondering, (laughs) without getting into too many specifics, if you would mind just kind of sharing what you can about the amazing case that... uh, you guys are having the privilege to walk through. Sure. Yes. No. And it's good to put those words on it because we have to speak what's true, even though we don't feel sometimes like it's a privilege or amazing. Um, but we right. we know that God is working this all out for good. And so, yeah, so you know that it's your fault that we're in foster care. Um, and we uh, foster care was never really something that, I wanted to do or felt like God was calling me to, Chris and I would, we've been married, it'll be 14 years this fall, we would periodically, like a yearly check-in after we had our daughter promise, you know, do we want more children because of my physical stuff, I wasn't able to, well, I could have had more children, but it would have been very high risk, and so we we really were pretty happy as a only child family unit, um, felt fulfilled yeah, it was good enough family for God, you know um, what I'm saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, so I think that was a gift, though. Um, as I've learned more about foster care, I am yeah. really happy that we went into foster care not needing, like, we were trying to fill um, a void in yeah. our family. Um, I think that's one that can be a mistake, not that you shouldn't foster if you feel this way, but um, it can make it more emotionally challenging if you go into foster care hoping for adoption to grow yeah. your family in a way that you're still kind of grieving isn't there. Um, yeah. We were not doing that. We, we stepped into foster care. Milwaukee is a very segregated city. I believe it's mm-hmm. the most segregated, like as far as clear segregation lines yeah. in the U.S. And so we were learning just a lot about that and what God thinks about that, what the Bible says about that and loving your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so we felt 
like getting involved in foster care could be one of those steps in helping to bridge some of those racial gaps in our cities. Yeah. And so we worked in, yeah, our case has just been very unique. Um, mm-hmm. We, uh, it, so it's been unique for a couple different reasons. And again, it's still very ongoing. So I will just kind of keep things very broad. But one yeah. reason that it's unique is a lot of times with foster care, um, the biological mom is kind of the main person involved in the case. Ours is different where um, mm-hmm. both mom and dad have been very heavily involved. It's also a very large sibling set and yeah. uh their sibling set has been in the foster care system total for, I think it's going on eight years now, where they haven't been wow. able to close their case down. Um, and there's mm-hmm. been a lot of reasons for that, but there's a lot of people involved. Um, we've seen multiple case managers. We're on our fifth case manager in yeah. two and a half years. Um, mm-hmm. And so we really got involved or into, or we kind of got dropped into this situation because we took placement of the youngest baby of the sibling group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got placed in it and kind of had to play catch up to figure out what was going on and all the different players and pieces moving. And um, then you add just the layers of the court system and it's very oversaturated in Milwaukee. It's um, very backed up. Again, you have a lot of racial tension uh, because Mm of the segregation in our city that can fuel the fire more um, in court. And so we have really, we've learned a lot. Uh, We, I, I feel like I, ha, you know, could have maybe a second degree in foster law in Wisconsin. Um, you know, just learning well, speaking how to that. Done. What? Yeah, you you were invited, weren't you, to the Capitol, to Madison, to um, yeah, to advocate. Yeah, so, yeah. So at one point it was, I don't know, maybe last spring. Um, there were eight proposed bills um, to, that would change foster care law in Wisconsin. And so I went over to Madison to just speak for the kids. Uh, Wisconsin's mm-hmm. a very bio-parent uh, focused state. They favor yeah. bio-parent, um, which to me is just sad. Uh, there were groups there advocating for more foster parent rights. And I just kind of stood up and said, listen, I'm not here to advocate for more rights for foster parents um, because Quite frankly, one of the reasons that our case is complicated is because of another foster family being involved as well. And um, yeah. and so sometimes more foster rights can be a negative thing as well. Like we really need to focus on how do we give these children rights and do what's in yeah. their best interest. And mm-hmm. so, yes, it's been a it's been a very complicated case. So. We took the youngest when she was three months old, and then we never thought that we would take a sibling set, but that's often how God works, and it'll be um, a year ago this coming May where we – so Chris, actually, he's been with the same company for, at that point, it was 13, almost 14 years, and – He lost his job out of the blue. We had like four hours notice. And then the next day, our case manager called and asked if we would take our 
little girl, uh, her older sister, who was six at the time, um, take place wow. the day after Chris left his job. And we were like, uh, I actually took a phone Here's call and I was like, I'm just gonna, oh, I'm man. just gonna hold this for a minute and um, <laughs> give Chris a day or two and then bring this to him. Um, but Chris, like, without batting an eye, he felt like, you know, God kind of had to take everything out from under him. Um, and he was like, yes, wow. of course we need to take her. Like, there's, this is so clear to me that we need to take her right now. And uh, way to go. So I know he's a, he's a great guy. Um, and I love him. Um, and, um, and so he, so yeah, we uh, took in a six year old um, and she had been quite a few places. And um, so we not only then began experiencing just how the foster care system works, but then also some of some more of those um, like therapy type of sessions and behavioral issues that are needed uh, to be worked through um, with her. And so, but in retrospect, and again, you know, hindsight is always 2020, but um, God was, or um, God was really, he gave us this like 60 day window of her coming into Mm -hmm. our family um, where Chris wasn't working, he ended up being hired back by the same company um, on day mm-hmm. 59. He had 60 days wow. um, to find a job that were basically, you know, like um, non-working paid days. Um, so he yeah. was rehired on day 59. So we didn't lose any of our benefits. And God gave us wow. 59 days of him being yeah. available be it stressed out. Yeah. I mean, he was still job hunting, but um, but available to be there to help us assimilate into a family of five. Um, and so that was just looking back a real gift, I think. Um, yeah. And we're thankful for that. And again, God yeah. provides exactly what you need through very weird, seemingly bizarre yeah. you know, scenarios like losing and a job right sometimes. Yep, right when you need it. And mm-hmm. Adri, uh, we're coming to a close on our time here, but you're you have been told that your case is still going to probably go on for another two years. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So we uh-huh. were um, okay. We were we came to our TPR trial uh, in Wisconsin. It can be decided. TPR can be decided by a jury trial. We lost our jury trial. It was our DA. She's been practicing 15 years. This was her fourth trial she's ever lost. So it just kind of, we were all shocked. And we were told, yeah, that we will, it'll be at least probably another two years before we can get to trial again. And so needless to say, that's been a huge thing that we've had to work through. Um, But I think God keeps impressing upon Chris and I every time we are delivered a big blow that this fight is not against bio mom or bio dad mm, or yeah. the system or any, this is against Satan and evil and the yeah. stronghold he has in people's lives. And so that just kind of, mm. it, it makes a fire bubble up in our bellies of like, no Satan, you're not going to win. Like you picked the wrong family yeah. if you think we're going to back yeah. down. So, so yeah, yeah, we still have um, a lot in store, but but we are hanging in there. I love that. With just uh, kind of a little less than two minutes, can you just speak to maybe some of our foster adopted community that um, maybe just need a word of encouragement, something the Lord has shown you? Yeah. So I've been learning a lot about waiting. Even right now in this time of quarantine, I feel like God's been 
teaching me a lot about waiting and um, really specifically the stories of um, in the Old Testament of the Israelites uh, wandering in the desert um, yeah. and then getting to these bodies of water or fleeing the Egyptians and getting to the Red Sea and needing to get across, but more specifically crossing the Jordan River into the promised mm-hmm. land. And um, for so long, like up until trial, I kept viewing like if we can get through trial, like that's crossing the Jordan into the promised land. And God has yeah. kind of just wiped that whole notion away for me and and made me realize that um, like he's he's creating a path through the Jordan for us right now. Like, you know, this mm-hmm. this thing that I thought losing trial that I thought I would not be able to get through. Um, he's yeah. providing a very clear path um, in ways that only he can. But it's not about like the, it's not about getting to a destination like it was for the Israelites because because Jesus already came, he already died, he already rose. Mm. And so our promised land mm. is now and it's all around us. So mm. we don't have to wait for a destination. Like we we get to experience the promised land while we're on the journey and while we're waiting. And mm. he he gives us like exactly what parts we need. And yeah, heaven's going to be amazing, but I just am learning it's, I mean, I know it's kind of cliche, I guess, but it's not about the destination, but you know, it's about what God's providing yeah. on this yeah. journey oh, and on this wandering, okay. like you all say. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love the word wandering versus journey sometimes just because we don't know <laughs> we're wandering in the desert. No. Sometimes. Like, Yes. Oh, man. Adriana, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show again, for sharing your heart with us, uh, your guys' wandering. Um, I know it's going to be encouraging to our Real Talk listeners. I appreciate you as a sister in Christ, as a friend. So thank you. If people want to get a hold of you, you, can you let us know how they can do that? Sure. Yep. So the magazine that I write for, Just Between Us magazine, if you go to justbetweenus.org, they and type in my name, Adriana Hayes, um, it'll bring up my information, my email. It does also have my blog um, address there, but it's com. And I haven't updated it recently, quite frankly, because everything we're going through, I can't really write about publicly. Um, but I'm more than happy to correspond uh, through email and some of my articles, more recent articles in the magazine, nod towards what we're experiencing and learning through foster care. Awesome. So, Okay, thank you. Thank you. Don't be afraid to yeah, reach out to Adriana. You. All right, Real Talk listeners, we've come to the end of our time. I just appreciate you for tuning in. I thank each one of you for what you're doing in foster care and adoption and coming alongside families who are also doing that. So it's bye for me, your host, Raylene Challoner. That's been another Real Talk. With a name like Zebrascapes, you've got to be good at what you do. So what does Zebrascapes do? Just listen. With summer right around the corner, they can create the yard of your dreams. From design and installation to maintenance, weed control, irrigation and yard cleanup, to tree care services. Zebrascapes Landscaping and Services, it says it all, and they do it all. Read all about them at Zebrascapes.com or get the conversation started at 928-830-4061. Zebrascapes. 
Why would you ever add graphic design to your car? Well, because you own a business and need a moving billboard. Because you want to add a really cool accent color to your boring beige sedan. Maybe you'd like a natural graphic. Or you'd like to do something more creative with your company logo. What? Ever you want. ML Arts Vinyl Graphics and Design does it all, from partial wraps to full commercial wraps. Give them a call, 928 308 3568. ML Arts Vinyl Graphics and Design. It's Real Talk with Raylene Chalinor, foster care and adoption. Hey, welcome back to another Real Talk. I am your host, Raylene Chalinor, and this is Real Talk with Real People about foster care and adoption. And today, my guest is the one, the only, Glenn Ellison. Glenn is the founder and the passionate person that keeps the Parent Help Center running. They are based in Jacksonville, Florida, and I am so excited to get to introduce him to all of you Real Talk listeners. So, Glenn, welcome to the Real Talk radio show. I am so excited, Raylene, to hear your excitement. When, the first time I heard you, I heard you laugh, and I said, that's my kind of lady. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just so grateful because you have helped some new dear friends of mine, uh, the May family out here in Prescott, Arizona, and I know they got results with their kiddo, and so I just get excited when I see the Lord bring things together like this, and so I just want to introduce you to the Real Talk listeners, and I'm just praying that, that if any of them are struggling, that maybe uh, the Parent Help Center and you and your lovely wife can be of some help and a resource for them. So before we get to kind of the, the ins and outs of the Parent Help Center, can you give the Real Talk listeners just some background about yourself and how this all came about? Absolutely. I am very confident that all this happened in my background was preparing me for what I do today because you got to be tough to deal with the kids I deal with. Yeah. Early on in life, I found out that I loved football. In fact, I was good enough to get a full athletic scholarship to the University of Arkansas. Go Hogs, go. But you know what? <laughs> I made a mistake and I lost yeah. my scholarship. Mm -hmm. My dream had always been to play professional football. It looked like that wasn't going to happen. So I came back to Jacksonville, played semi-pro football for two years for $35 a game. Man, I was on top of the world, hoping somebody <laughs> might give me a chance. It didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I had two brothers, both Marines and both in Vietnam. And one of them wrote home and said, Glenn, I just heard the Marine Corps has a football team. I said, a what? I went down to my local recruiter, by the way. You can't trust them. That recruiter... <laughs> When I said, do you have a team? He said, yes. I said, could I play for him? He said, yes, sign here. <laughs> Notice I didn't say, could I be a Marine? And buddy, <laughs> that I found out real quick, they didn't play football at Paris Island, South Carolina. And when I left that place, I was a United States Marine. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. Thank well, you for your service. <laughs> amen. Amen. I'm proud of it. Well, to make a long story short, yeah. the Marine Corps did have a football team, and I was the most valuable player two years in a row. And it was there. The meanest, baddest football team in America gave me a shot as a walk-on. The odds of making it as a walk-on in the NFL is 10,000 to 1. Not wow. very good. But at least I had a chance, and that was all I wanted in 1971 as a walk-on. I made the Oakland Raiders. My dream had come true. <laughs> wow. So I thought. 
Yeah, yeah. so I thought. Mm-hmm. Because nothing could ever compare to playing professional football. Ray, yeah. I've had 23 jobs in my life, nothing satisfied. The longest job I've ever had in my life was seven years. What yeah. I do today, we've been doing for over 19 years. Guess what? Mm. I found my calling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. So how did you guys end up, I mean, starting the Parent Health Center then 19 years ago? Well, and that's a real good question because I promise you, I didn't plan on this. This was not yeah, my plan. From, from Marines to football yeah. to then a Parent Health Center. How Connect the dots yeah. for us. Well, I had a good friend still a good friend whose son made a terribly bad choice on the back of a dead gum school bus that changed his life and gave me purpose for the rest of my life. He Mm -hmm. smoked a marijuana joint and that joint was not enough. And he went straight to hard drugs. Mm -hmm. It was through him being sent to a boy's home that I started volunteering at that I saw the difference that someone could make in a young person's life. And I told my wife, Sheila, I said, honey, if we're going to invest our time in anything is going to be helping young people. That experience eventually evolved into what we do today. I did not know what I was getting into. I certainly didn't know how to do it, and we didn't have any money to do it with. Hey, guess what? That made me Mm -hmm. just right for God to work a miracle. And my whole Mm -hmm. life for the past almost 20 years now is a miracle. Mm -hmm. I realized very quickly that kids, in most cases, are created by their environment. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine who happened to be a juvenile judge told me about a program called The Parent Project. It's been around for over 30 years now. And the more mm-hmm. I studied their site, the more I realized the better home environment a child was raised in would produce a better child. That mm-hmm. better child would then become a much better student who would then become a better citizen. And yeah. I quickly became a facilitator for The Parent Project and was determined to teach as many families as I could. We had no marketing strategy. We had no money to market with. We were just excited. And I remember the first family, right? We had one dad and his boy. Sheila looked at me. She said, you're going to do this for just one family? I said, yep. Mm -hmm. I guess that's all we can be trusted with right now. (laughs) I'm telling you, right? We didn't know nothing, nothing. Yeah. But I'm a fast learner. And yeah, we made a lot of Mm -hmm. mistakes. But we work very hard, and after 19 years, we have families coming from all over America and even out of the country. And by the way, we did this with no grant, no state or federal funding, and very little corporate support. We did it mostly with volunteers and parents paying for services they needed and wanted. It got real exciting, I promise you. Mm -hmm. Glenn, share a little bit about what you and I got to talk about the other day. Kind of your testimony, uh, uh, you started out kind of as a business. The Lord had to take some things away. Perspective kind of changed. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah. we. Um, I know what a nonprofit is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that we were going to be a conventional nonprofit organization where we go out and we tell people about what we do, where we get them to support our ministry and There's a lot of people very successful at that. But, you know, if you haven't dealt with this type of behavior, a child who's wrecking your home life, Mm -hmm. they don't understand. And so I I joined every organization I could to learn how 
to help families. I, I became very involved with the Department of Juvenile Justice, and I became uh, one of the circuit uh, advisors and, and for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. I don't think this is for me. Every person in DJJ, Department of Juvenile Justice, in in, in Jacksonville, I can't say in America, was involved sure. with that with their handout, looking mm-hmm. for some kind of support. Yeah. I wrote one grant in 19 years. Mm-hmm. I took it to Tallahassee, hand-delivered it to make sure it got there, and it took me a long time to write it, and they told me to take it to a room and make sure it got there and not lost. I did. I could not mm-hmm. believe my eyes how many grants were sitting on the floor to be evaluated. In other words, I was at the tail end of the line, yeah. and I said, I don't like being at the tail end. Mm-hmm. I came out of that room, and I said to myself, I'm real good at building businesses. I've been trained by some great companies, Whirlpool Corporation, United Parcel Service. I've worked for some good companies. I know how to manage mm-hmm. and I know how to run companies. I built a business model versus a nonprofit model. And I'm telling you, if you have a product and you have a service and you provide those good, you stay in business. Yeah. If you don't, you go out of business. Right. Sure. I've been You've here been 19, 19 years. 19 I'm not going years. anywhere. Yeah. We That's make great. we put smiles back on parents' faces. That's yeah, Glenn, tell us a little bit. We're gonna I know we're gonna do this in a two part interview because you have so much to share. So just real quick, give us a, a glimpse of what the Parent Help Center is. What type of parents or people are you helping? And um, just a, a little bit about what it is, and we'll talk more about it in our, our second interview. Absolutely. We know exactly who we can help. And we also know mm-hmm. we can't help everybody. So we have a niche. Okay. The parent we're looking for realizes something's got to change. They've been trying this for 8, 9, 10, 15 years, and it's still the same. They've been to therapy. They've been to psychiatry. They've been everywhere they know to go. Nothing has helped. They're desperate. And you know what? Desperate people will do what it takes to fix the problem. They're coachable. The ones I can't help is the one who wants the teacher, the policeman, the judge, somebody to fix this mess, but don't ask them to do anything. No, that doesn't work. So our success rate is extremely high for the ones mm-hmm. who will not quit. Because you know what, right? I won't quit either. And if you get two yeah. people that know how to win and are willing to fight for it, you're going to put peace in your home. And that's our goal. People say, Glenn, how do you measure success? It's real easy. Yeah. Lay your head down at night and you sleep because you know mm. you've done everything you know to do. And you know, mm-hmm. even when you do, sadly, some kids still mess up and and do it sure. their way and wind up going to jail. I just read in the newspaper the other day where one of our kids committed suicide. He's 22 mm-hmm. years old now. Mm-hmm. The sad mm-hmm. thing is we can't save every kid. But I'll tell you this. I don't want you to lay your head down at night and say, I wish I had a. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So you said um, previously when we talked before this interview that the Parent Help Center has a three-legged stool for behavior modification. Yep. Can you just give us brief, briefly those three things, and we'll talk more about that? Absolutely. The first thing you do is you have to have a plan. Sadly, most mm-hmm. of us parents, and I was one of them, I responded mm-hmm. to negative behavior from a child. The sad thing is most of the time my response had too much anger involved. 
So yeah. we're going to give you a non-confrontational behavior modification program that will change mm. behavior, period. It's called mm. the Parent Project. The best. Okay. Number two, we figured out after a short time that a book was not enough. So we developed our success yeah. camp, weekend and summer camps, where parents come with their kids, the only camp in the world, that moms and dads yeah. go to camp with the kid to show wow. them how to do what they learned in a classroom. And lastly, mm -hmm. you got to have three legs or it's going to wobble on you. The most important, right. in my opinion, is a support system. We developed our support yeah. system just like AA. We okay. hold you accountable and you will be successful if you don't quit. Mm -hmm. That's the three-legged stool for behavior modification. Okay. In our next interview, we're going to talk more about, you had said, um, empowered parents. Um, we're going to talk about these kiddos. Some of them are real master manipulators. Um, oh, yeah. I know for some of my friends who have adopted kiddos, um, we have some behaviors that come with that because of some of the trauma our kids have been through. And, um, and so you see a lot of adopted kids come through the Parent Help Center, correct? Absolutely. Adoptive and foster care parents come through us. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, oh gosh, Glenn, you guys are just going to be such a great resource for, um, for some of my friends out there. Our time is uh, coming to an end. Is there anything in this first segment that you wanted to share that uh, you didn't get to yet? I will end this like I end every conversation I have with a parent. After I listen okay. for 20, 30 minutes to them explain what they're going through, I then say, hey, mm -hmm. hang on. Help is on mm. the way. I hear your timer going off and mine's about to, too. So with that, I'm going to invite Mr. Glenn to come back for another Real Talk radio interview because he's got more to share about the Parent Help Center in Jacksonville, Florida. And if you want to get a hold of them there at the Parent Help Center, you can go to theparenthelpcenter.com. Real Talk listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again, for joining me and my new friend, Glenn Ellison. Go Raiders, go Marines. Uh, <laughs> we're so grateful that you guys tuned in. And uh, with that, it's bye for now from Raylene at Real Talk. Why would you ever add graphic design to your car? Well, because you own a business and need a moving billboard. Because you want to add a really cool accent color to your boring beige sedan. Maybe you'd like a natural graphic, or you'd like to do something more creative with your company logo. Whatever you want. ML Arts Vinyl Graphics and Design does it all. From partial wraps to full commercial wraps. Give them a call. 928-308-3568. ML Arts Vinyl Graphics and Design. Listen to the name. Journey Real Estate Investments and Management. Founded in 2008, they bring a new and vibrant experience to property owners like marketing, rigorous screening, drawing up leases, lease enforcement, rent collections, and more, all done with dignity and respect. And that's just the start. If you need property management, look to Journey Real Estate Investments and Management. 928-776-8464. That's 928-776-8464 or journeyazrealestate.com. So what exactly are essential oils and what can they do for you? Well, they can play an important role in your family's health. We'd like to introduce you to Jody Randolph, developer of Creating Healthy Families Naturally. 
Jody is passionate about helping moms understand the importance of physical, emotional, and financial success with the use of doTERRA essential oils. Learn more about her weekly classes at jodyrandolph.com or call 928-899-7257. Ever dealt with any kind of construction project without a general contractor? That just screams being overwhelmed. Chances are it's because you didn't work alongside Antelope Springs Construction. And why do you need a general contractor? Because it's crucial dealing with tasks, foreseeing complications, and preventing delays. Antelope Springs Construction takes out all the guesswork to ensure your vision. Everything from design to completion. Call them now at 928-237-0762. AntelopeSpringsConstruction.com. 